Well, good morning and welcome. We are excited to kind of finish our last week in our series, Thy Kingdom Come, as we've kind of been walking through the book of Matthew and all the teachings that Jesus gave us about the kingdom of heaven. And we're kind of preparing ourselves for celebrating the resurrection next Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter. Be ready. But um, I just... Today, I want to kind of look at one of the, la- the last couple parables that Jesus gives us about the kingdom of heaven. And as we've gone through what Jesus has done, as every single time he's told one of these parables and stories about this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, he really changes our worldview and really challenges kind of the things that are at our core. And so over the last several weeks, we've looked at things where Jesus challenges kind of how we view, how how does faith work? How how we view our finances or things that are valuable. How we view forgiveness. And he's challenged all of these things to look at it in a different way. Not just how everybody else looks at it. Not just how everybody that, you know, who's running around trying to get ahead, build their own kingdoms, looks at it. But look at it in a different way. Because Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And so my kingdom is something else. And really, as we've been going through the book of Matthew, this is the major theme in the book of Matthew that Jesus is saying, there's a different kingdom that is coming to earth through me that you can participate and be a part of, but you have to get it through your head that it is so different from everything else that you're used to. And it's so different from what everyone would expect. And we see fully what he meant as we go through the Passion Week and we go through Easter and start to understand. So it really gives us a good preview into Easter. And these last two stories, and it's the last major teaching in the book of Matthew before it gets into the week that, you know, before Jesus would go to the cross, the Passion Week, where Jesus gives these last couple of parables before, you know, he would, he would go to the cross. And so I would think that there is, you know, some intention and significance around those words. Because he's preparing the hearts of the people whose lives are going to change drastically. The disciples are going to go through the biggest shock of their lives, seeing Jesus die. And they need to be ready for that. And they need to be prepared. And it's stuff that we also need to reflect on and think about it. We need to be ready. And are we ready for God's kingdom to come in our lives? Are we ready to participate in God's kingdom the way that God would like? So, um, all of these stories are kind of almost like uh, going to a foreign country. I had a, a slight experience with this this past week where I had some, some foreigners from another world that came and visited me for the week, uh, my in-laws from Oklahoma. Um, and that is as foreign as it gets. But it's, it's just really interesting, and there's not a right or wrong, but you interact with people uh, from a different culture. And my, uh, my in-laws were here, and it was great. We had some time with them. We went to the museum, and we hung out with them. But my father-in-law um, is in a wheelchair, and so they brought uh, his caregiver and her husband with them, who are very Oklahoma. And we're talking about things, and they were looking around there, and they stayed in a hotel in Southlands, and they were, like, calling their friends, like, 
You'll never see a, a shopping center this big. They're from small town Oklahoma. And they're like, there is like 20 restaurants. And I, and I was like, and, and they were like calling. There were all these different things. And they were like, just, just making all these notes about Aurora. And I was like, it's pretty normal around here. But I grew up around here and it seemed normal. But it was almost like a foreign world to them. And if you've gone to places that it's different, you'll be going along and everything seems the same. And then people will start use words that just seem different and foreign. Or there's like different things that are going on. And it's easy to all of a sudden, when you're in a kind of a different context, to start to see like the world that you grew up in. And it's different. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's like, this is a different world that I'm portraying to you. The world that you're in is different than what I am bringing to earth. Uh, my kingdom is different. So let's look at Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read a couple of parables, and we're going to make reference to the last portion of this chapter, Matthew 25. And uh, we're looking at it within the context of what comes next, which is Easter week or Passion Week. Uh, Matthew 25 1 through 13 says this. At the time of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish one took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, men's, the wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, now give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both, both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready, ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So it's an interesting story that needs a little bit of context to kind of fully understand is it's a it's a it's a wedding party that is getting ready. And and many times there would be people that would accompany the bride or stand with the bride and kind of like stand there with with them. And we're talking about these kind of 10 virgins that would participate in the wedding, not their wedding, but would participate. But the wedding is not ready. And so the time is kind of going and passing and they're hanging out, uh, you know, and, and, and just waiting and waiting. Um, I, you know, maybe you've had some of those experiences. If you've ever been to a wedding, I was just at a wedding the other day where I was a part of the wedding party. The number one rule is, you know what? The wedding doesn't start until the bride and groom are ready. And so the groom looked at me. He's like, oh, we're, we're running out of time. I'm like, dude, they're not going to start without you. You're OK. Don't worry about that. 
And this instance, in this culture, time really wasn't necessarily um, as precise as ours. And so maybe it's part of a cultural thing that like time was kind of going on and on, but it was taking longer than expected. And the people who are waiting there with kind of like their candlelight vigil ready to go, some of them ran out of oil and others were prepared. And they had an extra stash ready to go. It's kind of like that wonderful bridesmaid that has the giant purse full of everything. And when something goes wrong, they're like, I got you and I got it all set. We're ready to go. It's going to be okay. And everything is set. And so it's, some people were ready and some weren't. It's, a, it's kind of an odd story. That, you know, those people would have to go and they left and then the wedding starts without them and they missed out on the party. And in some ways it kind of feels trivial. But what Jesus is trying to illustrate is it says, you know, in your in, in the things that are coming up, the great wedding feast that is coming, you have to be ready and prepared. And if it passes you by, you'll be on the outside looking in because you're not prepared and you're not ready. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And so we understand clearly what the, what the simple parable is trying to allude to is it's saying that like if you grow weary, if you start getting tired, if you focus on other things and walk away, thing, it can, you can miss it. You can miss what God is doing. You can miss out on all of the stuff that God has prepared for you. You can miss out on the kingdom of God because you kind of grow tired of it. Maybe there's been moments in time where you've looked at your life and said, I'm kind of tired of trying to follow God. I would like almost a break from this. And they weren't ready. The story continues and Jesus tells another parable right after Verse 14, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. The man who had received one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, see, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Went off and hid your gold in the ground. See? Here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, 
I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Forever, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is a familiar parable, something you've probably heard, something we made reference to actually a couple of months ago uh, in one of our uh, messages. But I want to just kind of look at it within the scope of what's coming next. And so you see kind of this passage. And if you remember back to some of the weeks prior um, where Jesus talked about talents and money and hidden treasure, this is the same same amount of money that is referenced in here five bags of gold five talents of gold and he's entrusting money with those people and the one person goes and buries his money in the dirt Uh, a few weeks ago we talked about the hidden treasure found in a field and so somebody found a hidden treasure in a field and bought that field and got the treasure. Maybe it was this guy's gold. I don't know. Because this guy did the same thing. He buried his gold in the field and he let it sit there. And that's, that's what he did. And we understand what Jesus is talking about and he's making reference to is he's saying that there is gifts that I've given There's ability that I've given. There's opportunity that I've given to you. And I've given it to you to increase the kingdom of God and to bring the kingdom of God to earth. To bring heaven to earth. For you to be a participant in that work. And if you sit there and just do nothing about it, what a shame that would be. And so so the people are surprised after a long time that the master comes back And he gives them an opportunity to give an account for what they've done, what their life has been about, what they what they did with all of those things. It's kind of, you know, I've had this exchange um, with my son who's here this morning. Again, son, you've come to you are now out of kids church and you're in adult church. So sometimes you might hear stories about yourself. I'm sorry. Um, uh, So. This happens regularly at our house where, you know, maybe the weekend is gone. We've had a relaxing weekend. Maybe we've had some time to hang out and do some stuff. And uh, about Sunday rolls around. Sometimes we even have church groups on Sunday night. We have, you know, Bible studies and stuff. And, you know, sometimes Sunday afternoon, maybe 4 o'clock or something like that, we'll be like, Hey, Titus, do you have any homework? He says, Oh, I don't know. And he goes and checks and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I got a bunch of homework. And he's got to go do a bunch of homework. And it's Saturday, Sunday night, and everybody else is getting ready, you know, for the next day. But, like, this has happened a lot of times where it's like, oh, no, I do have a lot of homework. And you know what? When I was that age, I did the same thing. Okay? Uh, I, maybe even when I was older, I did the same thing. It was like, okay, I got, I got class tomorrow morning, and I've taken all this time, and I haven't done anything. And all of a sudden, it catches us in a way by surprise. Where we're sitting there thinking, you know what? I got plenty of time to do things for God. I have plenty of time to invest my life in what God wants me to do with it. I have plenty of time. I'll worry about it later. And all of a sudden, it's here. Test day is here. Homework is due. Or the kingdom of God has come. And we're facing our maker in a way. And that's what it says. And all of a sudden, we're caught off guard. And we're like, well... I just kind of buried it. 
And they didn't do anything with it. And, and let, Jesus is doing something here and talking about things here that are very familiar to all of us. But there's even a deeper level than just be ready, be prepared, have your heart right before God, which is really important. But you have to understand what's coming next. What's coming next is, is the Passion Week. Today is what's traditionally called Palm Sunday. The, the time where Jesus would enter into Jerusalem, and he was not alone entering into Jerusalem. He's coming for Passover. Passover, the celebration of the, uh, the Israelites coming out of slavery from the Egyptians. And so the, the Jerusalem, which normally had about 30,000 people at Passover, the population would grow to, to about 300,000 people, 10 times the normal amount. And Jesus comes in on a donkey and is celebrated. And everybody is celebrating, saying, Hosanna, blessed is, the, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and are celebrating and cheering him on. But Jesus knows there's some things that the disciples need to be ready for. There's some things that we need to be ready for. There's some things we need to be ready for as Changes take place. And are we ready for that to happen? Are our hearts in a place where we can handle the inevitable changes? At the end of the week, we know on Friday, Jesus is hanging on a cross. So from Sunday to Friday, Jesus goes from being celebrated to being executed. Imagine the change. Imagine how that would throw those disciples' life completely, you know, in a, completely upside down. How it would change everything in their life. They're walking with Jesus, hanging out with Jesus. People are coming to see him. It's a party celebration moment. This is kind of the picture that they're in. And it quickly moves and shifts to seeing Jesus die. And let's be clear, in our lives, there's moments like that. There's moments that things shift quickly. Maybe there is a, you know, it's, it's maybe not as dramatic as this story, but there's moments where all of a sudden, my job has changed. I've had to move. I had a fam loss in my family member. I've had a change in a relationship. I've had a change that took place. And are we ready for that moment as well. Are we ready for the change in the crowd or the change in the atmosphere, which is absolutely inevitable? Let's be clear that the crowd moves from celebrating Jesus to almost, in some ways, a mob mentality that celebrates Jesus' death. There's a change in the mood of the crowd, and that would be a hard thing to be ready for. Are you ready for a moment in time when all of a sudden underneath you or around you, the culture moves and shifts, which happens? It's inevitable. It's something that we can, we can predict and know is going to happen. There's going to be times where things are good and easy. And there's going to be times where we face some difficult circumstances when we say, I'm living out the kingdom of heaven. In this world, I'm living a different way from everybody else. 
There may be shifting sands that move around us, and the, the cheering crowd may turn into a mob, and are we ready to handle that change? Are we ready and prepared, are our hearts ready for whatever may come? And what Jesus is saying is in a surprise moment in both of these passages, the God of the universe comes, and that's the illustration, and that's the point, and people are facing their maker and giving an account for their life, and they were not ready for that moment. It was too much to bear. It's an incredible picture, and sometimes it's even hard to grasp the Passion Week, and it's something that I'm going to invite you to join with me this week every day, kind of reflecting on how this took place. But on Sunday, Jesus comes in and is celebrated. He's proclaiming the kingdom of heaven. And in that culture and in that time, there's Roman rule, and the Romans were there to make sure at this point in time that everybody is just kind of peaceful. Romans are in charge. So a guy by the name of Pilate is in town for Passover to make sure that everything stays calm and there isn't just a big mob. We don't want the Jewish people who are celebrating their freedom from some big uh, group, the Egyptians that were like ruling over them to all of a sudden think, maybe we shouldn't have Romans ruling over us either. And maybe, maybe we should try to get, get rid of the Roman rule. And so he's there to try to keep things calm. And Pilate had a reputation of uh, like putting, things, putting things to death very quickly that started any kind of uproar. Pilate's job was keep the peace with the Israelites. And you can have a cushy life and you can be wealthy. That's his job. And Jesus comes proclaim, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven. And this is a different world. And what is really important is not these other things. So on Monday, Jesus goes, and all the people are gathering to begin to uh, celebrate the Passover, and they're, they're changing money and all these things. And he flips over the money tables and says, this is not what it's supposed to be like. What it's supposed to be like. My, the temple is supposed to be a place of prayer. Not a place of ripping people off. Because you're from out of town. And you're trying to like, get your sacrifices done. And you know. You got 300,000 people there. So it's like you know, the Rockies game. We can sell a Coca-Cola for 10 bucks. Because where else are you going to go? And Jesus is upset at this. Because this is not what the kingdom of heaven is about. And so he's starting to push them. And say this is, this is not, not the way it is. And, peop- and this is bothersome. And so on Tuesday, some of those same people start asking Jesus about things. And they start questioning him. And they say, hey, hey, Jesus, should we, we're, let's trap him. Should, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? They knew if Jesus said, yeah, you should pay taxes to Caesar, that the Jewish people would be upset at that. We don't want to pay taxes to Caesar. If he said, no, you don't have to pay taxes to Caesar... Well, he's, he's leading a rebellion against taxes. We can put him to death. That was their hope. And he says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Give to God what is God's. My kingdom is not of this world. It's totally different. I, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about 
different things. And that infuriates them more and more. And kind of as the, everything kind of continues, and as this, this kind of, they're trying to figure out what to do with Jesus, inevitably it comes to a point where Jesus is, Jesus is brought before the leaders, the Israelite leaders, and kind of this secret trial at night, they're trying to figure out what to do with Jesus. Because they don't want this big crowd to get behind them, 300,000 people, and all of a sudden, a complete uproar to take place. And the events lead to Jesus going to the cross. The ups and downs of all of these things that were taking place. And Jesus' words echo. Are you ready for what may come as a result of living out what God wants us to do as opposed to what everybody else is worried about. Are you ready for that? So put yourself in the disciples' shoes as they go through this journey and this struggle. They go through this week and they're dealing with and struggling through the fact that all of a sudden, Jesus is being beaten. All of a sudden, Jesus is being beaten hung on a cross, all of a sudden, everything they knew and understood previously was completely changing. And is my faith going to be shaken in this moment? Am I still going to be able to stand firm? Am I going to be ready? Or am I going to give up and quit? Am I going to walk away? Am I going to run away because it's difficult or hard? Or am I going to stay firm to the end? So you see, the kingdom of God is so different. And sometimes it takes us off guard. It surprises us. We don't know exactly what the implications are going to be. We don't know exactly how it will alter our life. And it's appropriate for for us to realize that sometimes, maybe we won't be ready for all of those things. Maybe we'll run away. Maybe we'll quit. And that's exactly what happened to Many of the disciples, they fled, they were afraid, they ran. They didn't realize that this is all the trouble and difficulty they'd go through. They thought their life was in danger, and it probably was, in a way. So they were scared, and they took off. What Jesus is communicating to us with all of these things is that there is a kingdom that will have no end. There is a path, and there is something else going on in this existence that is different. That whatever comes your way, if you follow this path, it'll be okay. You can can hear and know those words of the Master, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the small things. Come and participate with me in, in, in my kingdom. Whatever it says. That's a paraphrase. Couldn't remember. Um, but he's saying there's something different that can await you. Are you ready? So this coming week, and of course this week and next week, we're going we're gonna to reflect on the resurrection. We're going to reflect on that hope. 
We're going to reflect on what God has done and how God is victorious. But what we need to reflect on is are our hearts ready in those moments of time where things are uncertain and difficult? And are we ready to live in God's kingdom that is not of this world? Are we ready to participate in that, even if it's difficult, even if everyone else around us goes a different direction? At the conclusion of this chapter, Jesus gives one more story talking about the sheep and the goats. And he's really, really kind of talking about Judgment Day. And he's talking about how the, the sheep and the goats will be separated, how different people will be, have to give an account for their lives. And he talks about the people that really are following Christ's kingdom will be the people who do these things. Um, they're the people that when others were hungry or thirsty or a stranger in need of clothes or sick and in prison, they helped them. And he says in verse 45, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did it for me. So those who have a different kingdom, different priorities, different world, and faithfully follow God, in the end, they're going to be okay. It's going to work out. Even if things get difficult and scary, even if the world around them changes, they will know deep down inside that there's something else that I'm living for and my hope is securely found in Jesus Christ's kingdom, in God, in my relationship with Jesus Christ, not all these other things. So the question is, are we ready? Will you pray with me? God, thank you for these challenges. Thank you for these warnings. Thank you for these words. I can only imagine what it was like that last week. I can only imagine what it was like to, to be around Jerusalem. And God, how scary it must have been. And thank you, Lord, for giving us a warning, giving us a picture. I pray that when we face challenges, when we face uncertainty, when the kingdoms of the world are surrounding us and it feels like there's pressure that is mounting from all sides, that we put our trust and hope in a kingdom that is not of this world. God, I pray this week that we would Reflect on what that means to be ready personally. And so, God, we cry out to you right now and we say, God, forgive us of our sins. We put our trust in you. We want our hearts to be ready. God, we proclaim today that we're here to live for you. That when we encounter our neighbors, our friends, our family members, that we'll remember to love them, care for them. That we'll remember to treat them like you treated them. 
somebody's hungry or thirsty, we'll give them something to eat and drink. The things that we'll care about are not the things that everybody else will care about. We'll care about the things you care about. So Jesus, I thank you for all these challenges you've given us. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to, to invite you to just take a few moments on your own right now and to ask yourself the direct question, am I ready? Is my heart right with God? Do I have my priorities in line? And if not, simply cry out to God and ask for forgiveness. Ask for God's help. Ask for his grace.